and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, it is Suicide Squad. I'm Gav. I'm Dave. I'm Joel. I'm Alex. And just like the Suicide Squad, we are the worst heroes ever. Yep, that's yeah. right. It works this time, doesn't it? <laughs> I just don't understand your thought process in creating that joke, to be it's honest. It's not a joke, it's the tagline for the film, but, you know, it's like one of those experiments where you play a film and a soundtrack that isn't to the film and you see if these sync up, and that's what I'm trying to do, and it's not working really, but I, th- I thought that was the best one that we've done. It, at least it was the more sensical of the ones that the we've done. The more sensical? Yes. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You're honestly, all hypocrites are tight out, right? Anyway, right, if you've never heard this show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. But there'll also be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, a quiz, some biffy songs, some terrible impressions, and a whole lot of banter. But before we do that, I think it's time for some news. Hello? Yeah? Yeah. Right there? Yeah, yeah, very Just good. nothing. Very good. Why did you say hello afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> because for a minute then I thought you'd all left me. Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, What's yeah. the significance of Queen? Uh, because it was uh, the, the song that was played throughout the trailer and it's one of the songs that's played in the film. Oh. But also, if you would have listened to it very, very carefully, you could have also heard Freddie Mercury turning in his grave slightly. <laughs> Getting that one in early then, I'll be careful. I'm just talking about my xylophone impression. <laughs> anyway, right, so uh, what we do here is we all go around in a circle and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. So without further hesitation, does anybody got, has anybody got any news they want to discuss? Um, I have some, and it is that Ben Affleck's The Accountant was the most rented movie of 2017. Wow. How? Really? What do you mean, How? I mean, you know... What, streamed, rented? How did Ben Affleck do that? It, basically, he paid for it himself two <laughs> billion times. No, I, I thought it was a good film. It's a bit weird that it's number one, but it's yeah. not It's not a really strange pick, I don't think. I, I thought it was a good film, but, I mean, of all the blockbuster films that came out in 2017, I mean, I, d- I can't even remember that getting a cinema release, no, to I be honest. I don't remember it, to be honest. I remember you, you... I think you guys quite like it, but I just don't even remember it being around. So, I, yeah, I haven't seen it. Is well, it good? Uh, if you rent it you'll just now be able to <laughs> is it good what would you give yeah, it out of five uh four wow but out of five's a tough scale but i'd give it a four out of ten S- solid 7.5 fair enough well okay <laughs> that sounds good <laughs> um, I, I thought it was uh all right it just kind of it was very similar to a lot of other films that came out you know that year or the year previously it reminded me a lot of the equalizer and john wick I mean, if that's the type of film that you like, then yeah, go for it. There's some pretty good action in it. The acting was pretty decent as well. Uh, but should it be the number one choice rented from last year? I mean, I could probably think of about 20 other films that I would recommend before that, but fair play to Ben Affleck. Uh, Dave, uh, any news? No. Okay, <laughs> right. Well, I've got some news this week, and it is that we finally have a release date for Toy Story 4. It's going to be released midway 2019. Um, and it's uh, funny one, this. It's going to be uh, directed by John Lasseter, and it is a script that's been written by Will McCormick and Rashida Jones. Now, I've been watching Parks and Recreation recently, as have you, Dave, mm-hmm. and I actually really love Rashida Jones. But I'm not quite sure if she's... Well, I wasn't sure if she'd written anything beforehand. I checked up, and they have written one film together previously. I've forgotten the name of it. Celeste and... Jesse? 
Maybe. I, none of that's ringing any bells with me. I've never heard of it. Okay, well, so this will be the second big film that they've written together. I think it will be quite, the second quite a step film. up, though. Toy Story 4, that'll be hotly anticipated. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, definitely. That's a hell of a gig to get, to mm. be honest with you. That's pretty good. Think, and who's Will McCormick again? Uh, uh, he's he's an actor. That He's been in a loads of different things, but not massive part, I don't think. I probably know him if I saw his face, one of those. Yeah, well, you, obviously you know him, because you know every single actor who's ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we would struggle. But, uh, you know, he's he's been around the block a few times, to be honest. I think he has done more writing and producing than he has acting, to be honest. But, I, uh, I think getting Toy Story 4 might be a bit of a poison chalice a bit. It's, uh, Toy Story 3 was a very good finale to the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know where Nothing it's going to go. Nothing ends anymore, does it? It's True. like, this is the end now, you know, Toy Story 3, we've drawn a line over everything, and then it's just like... I mean, make, is it going to be the same characters, Woody, one. Buzz Lightyear and all that? Surely it can't be. It'd make more sense to have a different story arc, surely. Yeah, you'd make them, yeah. But well, then they're that, milking that it in with like, the toys, aren't they? So. Yeah, I that think one it was will kind be. of wrapped up nicely. You it was know, perfect. It was, yeah, yeah, it was really well done. And you know, you've lost some of the original cast now as well. Don Rickles is no longer with us. You know, you can't just recast people. Who's Don Rickles? He was Mr. Potato Head. Oh, was he? Is he yeah, cool? yeah, he's no longer with us. Yeah, well, uh, um, what was the name of the uh, the slinky dog? Jim Varney. Jim Varney. Yeah, uh, Ernest. He passed away a few years ago, didn't he? Yeah. And they recast him. They did. They? they did. And to be honest, with you, I actually couldn't tell the difference. They, they got a pretty good oh. impersonator. Yeah. Nothing against Jim Varney. The, the impersonator was just very good. He got sure. Jim Varney bob on. As long as Rashida Jones gets her dad to do the score, I think the Moron movie. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, after reading that interview with Quincy Jones that came out the other month, maybe it's best if he kind of just stays well out of the limelight for uh, the foreseeable future. Oh, fair enough. I, I'm going to have to ask you about that interview later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he said a number of uh, questionable things, to be honest. Um, what, one of the things that he did say was that the Beatles are the most overrated band who have ever lived, and he didn't rate them at all. Ouch. And anyway, um, so um, yeah, uh, Toy Story Four. I mean, I, I've got confidence in Pixar. I can't think of many flops that Pixar have done, to be honest. And they seem to wait a considerable amount of time. It's not like they're bashing out the sequels as quick as they can. It's not like you know a cash and grab situation where Toy Story Three came out last year and they want to mm. capitalize on that by getting the fourth one out. It has been what, like ten years, you reckon? Yeah, mm. it must have been. Yeah. Really, getting on for yeah, it can't be far off. Yeah, so yeah, fair play. So yeah, uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. I imagine we all are anyway, and maybe, you never know, we might actually put it on trial one day. No. But, uh, guys, can can anybody smell that? Oh. Wait, Wait, hang on a minute. Really this is an issue. This. Yeah. Oh. Oh man, it's difficult. <laughs> it's because the cat is uh, taking up my Don't seat. Don't blame the cat. <laughs> I swear, it's not the cat's fault. Down, the cat's just lying if it's there. anybody's fault, it's Austin's fault. So he's turned his back on you now. Look what you've done. <laughs> so if uh, our eagle-eared listeners out there, eagle-eared, is that a thing? Owl-eared listeners out there. Who's got good ears? Owls do, yeah. Bats. 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 Our bat-eared <laughs> listeners out there <laughs> might have recognised that our good friend and music producer, Austin Ray, is no longer with us. Uh, he <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not dead. He's not on the way, Mr. Potato Head. Come on. <laughs> no, he's, he's taken a trip with his wife to Japan and he has left us in the shit by making us do all of his work. Yeah. And it is hard, man. It's a hard job. All right. Okay. If, you, if you've noticed a dip in sound quality, that is the reason. For yeah. It. So, and, and amongst other things, uh, having to do all the editing and the music production, uh, you know, and the sound, I've also got to find rock news as well. I mean, this is the thing that he lived for, but I didn't want to cut it. So, in celebration and in memory of Austin, I'm going to continue the rock news. Did he not tweet you from Japan? 
Um, maybe selfish. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, with The Rock, uh, he has actually released the first clip of a film that he is producing or his studio is producing called Fighting with My Family. Uh, now it is a comedy film about a wrestling family, and it's based on a real wrestler as well. Or him. And no, it's not based on him. I don't know if he's going to be making a cameo. I think he should, to be honest. But you've got a number of people, uh, a number of wrestlers, I think, are making cameos. I think the family, um, I can't remember who the actress is who's playing Paige, but Nick Frost is going to be playing the dad in the family. I think Stephen Merchant is directing it. And Vince Vaughn is doing a cameo as Jake the Snake Roberts. So it, 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 I reckon it could be quite good, to be honest. It reminds me, or, or the script anyway, or you know what I've been reading up about it, of Cuban Fury with Nick Frost mm. and also Eddie the Eagle. It's got that sort of like feel-good Britcom vibe to it. So you never know, it might be good. The trailer looked all right. They didn't reveal too much, but this is the initial first trailer, so they'll probably spoil everything with the following 20-odd trailers that they like to release. But what do people think about that? Uh, it's probably not for me, but it's right up your alley, so I can see why you're excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's based on a real-life wrestler who um, she took part in a competition with her brother about, you know, the winner was going to get a place in WWE. She won, the brother didn't. They comes from a long lineage of wrestlers uh, their family. Their, their dad is a, is a wrestler. I think her mum is as well, and grandfathers and great-grandfathers, etc. And she made it into WWE, and she was like the catalyst of this woman's ref, uh, re- revolution. Uh, so women's wrestling now is really credible, and it's, it's you know come on leaps and bounds in comparison to the absolute shite that Vincent Mann used to kind of piss out every week in the noughties and the nineties it's actually really really credible um and she was kind of the uh, sort of like the catalyst or she was right at the forefront anyway so it's her story and what was her name uh, page just page uh, that's a wrestling alias oh. um so yeah uh I'm, I'm looking forward to it to be honest she's, she's still in it now although she's just had a major uh, neck injury so she might have to retire early but she's on the sidelines for the time being anyway but it's, it looks like a really interesting film anyway. And I think, you know, you've got Stephen Merchant who's directing. He's obviously got good comedy chops on him. And you've got the likes of Nick Frost and Vincent Vaughn. So you've got two kind of, I'd say, big comedy stars from either side of the pond. So I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it, to be honest. Mm. No comments from anybody else there. So, <laughs> you know what? Nothing with approval. <laughs> yeah, well, screw you guys. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I'm not, I'm you not miss Aussie, good don't you? I'm not, <laughs> Aussie's just throwing me completely off. Okay, can I blame the fact that I've got some brownie on my finger? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever. Um, also, wrestling-related news as well. It's, it was WrestleMania last night, and I have avoided all don't, spoilers. Don't hijack this podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's rock-related news, essentially. Well, it could be. I don't know if The Rock turned up or not. But, uh, um, you know, yeah, I feel I'm not getting enough credit for avoiding all WrestleMania spoilers and keeping up to date with our twi- Twitter account. <laughs> Simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. yeah could, because, I mean, that is just like a wash of, of WrestleMania spoilers. So. Is it? it, it, it the, the pages that we follow, because of me yes right, it is yeah, sure, yeah. anyway right uh, on to the bulk of the show this is films on trial and this week we are going to be putting suicide squad on trial <laughs> 
Uh, sorry, I don't know what that was. Um, so it, it has been pulled out of the hat at random, as have the roles. And in the role of prosecution this week is going to be me. And my role is going to be trying to condemn the film to the shit list. In the role of the defense is going to be Joel, whose role is to try and get the film placed on the hit list. Then we've got the character witness, who is Alex. Hello. And he's just going to be lending his genuine opinion to either side of the argument to try and throw a bit of weight behind it. And then we've got the role of the judge which is going to be played by captain dave is this the most important role because he has to listen to the arguments and decide which list the film should be placed on the hit or shit based solely on the arguments put forward to him and not using his own opinion can you do that dave i can okay i'm going to show you guys what it's all about Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and i'd just like to say a big welcome back to dave uh who we didn't actually think was going to return after last week's verdict so uh, it it was tempting to be honest with you Uh, (laughs) i had my resignation letter drafted uh, just before we kick start on this one, Dave, I would like to say I am very, very sorry. So please remember that when you take into account the judging of today's show. <laughs> I don't think that would be very impartial of me, would it, Gavin? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So before we kick off the uh, show, I think maybe we should give the audience a bit of an overview as to what the film is about. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to have the Wheel of Impressions. <laughs> Really? (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I'm going to spin the wheel uh, and... Okay, it's landed on Joel. (laughs) Joel. Joel. I literally just didn't even spin anything then. (laughs) (laughs) Have you done one before, Joel? Uh, In my head, I have it. Here we go. (laughs) So, uh, So Joel is going to read out the synopsis of the film to give the listeners a better idea as to what the film's about. Uh, But what impression should he do this in? Captain Boomerang's voice, whatever his yeah, name. Probably one, of the, one of the better ones. Yeah. Too, yeah. Australian. Yeah. Okay. Uh, th- this is going to be tough, but literally, whenever Jen watches uh, Neighbours on the telly, I just come in and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, good, Jen, you got me there. Uh, a secret government agency <laughs> recruits some of the most dangerous incarnated supervillains to form a defensive task force. Their first mission, save the world from the apocalypse. <laughs> nice. I can't see why she should get annoyed with that, Joel. Hey, I actually quite like that. Well done, Joel. That's that was more of a Crocodile Dundee style. <laughs> you call this a knife? <laughs> I call it a transwalker. <laughs> okay, uh, Dave, okay, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Yep, certainly can. So, Suicide Squad... What do we all make of that? Okay, who wants to go first? Is it going to be the defense or is it going to be prosecution? Not me. Okay, that would be prosecution then. Oh, right, okay. Right. This film is an absolute mess. This film is a steaming puddle of dog diarrhea on a hot summer's day. Honestly, this is a thinner than paper thin plot sellotaped together by an overuse of CGI and an unbearably long soundtrack. Now I'm going to try and give you the plot in a nutshell, right? Superman supposedly kicked the bucket. So this secret agency head, Amanda Waller recruits a team of bad knobheads to uh, do deadly black op missions on behalf of the government. So if it all goes tits up, they can blame the baddies and not themselves. One of the gang unleashes their brother to destruct havoc on the city, and then the two of them plot to destroy humanity. The squad is recruited to stop them, but then it turns out their mission is to save Amanda Waller for some reason. Meanwhile, the Joker makes several attempts to rescue Harley Quinn. Blah, 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 blah. It is just a convoluted, unnecessary mess. Uh, what I like to do is compare it to Marvel Cinematic Universe, because DC and Marvel have always got a back and forth. And I'm going to compare it to a film that came out the same year, 
uh, Captain America Civil War. Right now, in Civil War, it's kind of the same premise. You had two separate sets of Avengers or, or two teams going up against each other. Now, that was very well done because we had been introduced to all of these characters previously throughout the course of about, I don't know, maybe 10 films. Now, we didn't need to spend a lot of time getting to know who captain america was and what his beef was because we'd been you know shown through two films and two avengers films as well and we'd already been introduced to essentially everybody else apart from maybe black panther now the problem with this is that it tries to do exactly what mcu did in those 10 films or so in the first 30 minutes which is just really really hurried mess of introductions played with some really kind of banging tunes um, we are introduced to both Deadshot and Harley Quinn three times for some time-wastingly bizarre reason. It's like, okay, we know who these guys are. We don't need to see them again. It takes 34 minutes until the Enchantress, who's one of the Suicide Squad villains, uh, frees her brother. Can uh, I just uh, quickly interject? Do yeah. you literally watch films and time how long it takes for the certain things to happen? Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I, I had to keep on taking several pauses whilst watching Suicide Squad to punch myself in the face as hard <laughs> as I could. And they just happened to coincide with big events. So that's, that's why I've been timing it, to be honest, Joel. So yeah, 34 minutes. Thank you very much. What in, are, how many cutters are in this film? Uh, unbelievably, honestly, I think there's about 400 in <laughs> one second scene. <laughs> Right, okay, so uh, 34 minutes until the Enchantress frees her brother, uh, which is very bizarre because it's something that she could have done from the very beginning and she's only doing it now. It just doesn't make any sense why she would wait until this moment to free her brother. 30 ma- uh, 38 minutes until we are introduced to any sort of action whatsoever. This is an action film and it's 38 minutes before we see anything. Then uh, it saunters along with the plot. 45 minutes in, 47 minutes in, we're still being introduced to characters and with their own backstories as well and we're like you know this is almost an hour and you're still introducing characters with the little graphics and the backstory then it gets to 55 minutes and almost a full hour before we actually see the suicide squad do any battle or do any sort of action this is this is their film and it's taken almost an hour until any of them have done anything uh, David Ayer, it's just, I don't know if he's written it or if he's just directed it, but the, the the script is just, they try and put all these plot twists and swerves in, but they just raise these head-scratching questions. The whole swerve about the gang having to go to rescue Amanda Waller instead of defeating the big baddie, it's just like, well, why, why would she put herself into that situation in the first place? How did she know she was going to be there when the shit went down? It's just very, very odd. All the, the deaths or the attempts of emotional connection are just flat, as the thing is, is, we've been introduced to all of these characters in a very slapdash, hurried 30 odd minutes beforehand. So when anything happens to them, we essentially don't give a shit. Uh, there is the uh, this and the thing is this is an action film and there is surprisingly very very little action in the entire film uh, after the first battle anyway there's i can only think of about three other uh, action set pieces maybe there's a lot of drawn out dialogue in between the first battle and the last battle as well there's even a scene where they go and get pissed for some reason the overall action is very unoriginal as well and in the grand scheme of cinema and in the film itself so you could watch this film and say it's unoriginal because i've seen something else that's very similar but you could also watch this film and say this is unoriginal because i've already seen something like this in this film i mean they have a helicopter crash not once not twice but three times three fucking helicopter crashes and guess how many people die in those crashes 
zero. Nobody dies in a helicopter. Why have we even one if nobody's going to die in it? It's just completely ridiculous. All of the action takes place at night as well, so visibility is already reduced for the audience. Then Smart. you add this... <laughs> Good thing into it, but, but then, as Joel was saying, all the camera angles, you know, the shaky camera techniques as well, all of that added to the night shooting. It just, you can hardly see anything, and it just, I don't know whether it's because they weren't confident with the script or the action so they decided to kind of make it hard for the audience to see or not it's just bizarre the script itself is just incredibly weak and we have this character rick flag who's one of the good guys but he's in the suicide squads and he's supposed to kind of corral them and lead them or whatever but his sole purpose in the film is just for expository dialogue he introduces all the characters and explains their entire motives and the entire plot throughout the entire film it's like oh yeah i'm rick flag by the way but this guy oh yeah this is katana and oh you better not get uh, cut by hair because hair soul does this and we it just he explains everything to the point of we didn't need that you know what i mean just do us a favor give us some credit we're an audience we can kind of piece things together we don't need somebody like that to tell us what's going on i, I mean i lost count of how many times aya and co tried to get across the point that you know these are bad guys but you know what sometimes the bad guys can be good whoa can you believe that i mean it's like oh unbelievable never seen this in a film before it's like fucking hell we get it already just drop it i mean it's it's a, it's very very unsubtle it's about as subtle as a sledgehammer to the dick the script is just <laughs> abysmal uh, i was reading up about it because i was just I was so taken aback by how terrible it was apparently it took just six weeks to write which is very very obvious because it's so poor but shooting was plagued with many many issues i think there was six to seven different versions of the script being written at the same time that it was being filmed. Reshoots uh, to the entire third act were made and they also had to do some reshoots to inject more comedy into the film for some reason because test audiences didn't think it was very funny and they also had to do some reshoots to get more Joker into it because they, for some bizarre reason, revealed the Joker in the trailer and then everybody loved the fact that the Joker was in it so they were like, oh shit, he's only in it for one scene. Let's go back and put him in more of it. The whole film is just a horrible and unashamed cash grab by Warner Brothers and DC to capitalize on the success of Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, just before it dies down. But it is just a horrible shit stain on the history of cinema, and I just can't wait to forget it. Wow. That that's pretty damning. A horrible it? shit stain on the history of cinema. Yeah. That's what it says on the DVD case. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Ross, though, aren't they? <laughs> well, uh, okay, Joel. So, just to recap for you, if, if you needed it. <laughs> uh, Sledgehammer to the dick. Dog diarrhea on a hot day. <laughs> shit stain on the history of cinema. <laughs> what have you got to say about that, Joel? <laughs> um... What I'd like to kind of pick out is why would dog diarrhea be steaming on a hot day? <laughs> because of the sun. <laughs> you got true. that one wrong, mate. No, it didn't. It, like, it's already hot because it's diarrhea. He's distracting you again. <laughs> don't, don't be distracted. This, this is filibustering. This is Mr. Smith goes <laughs> no, to Washington. Li- li- listen here. Like, don't talk to me about diarrhea, mate. I've got a PhD in it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to come at this from a, a slightly different angle. I'm not even going to talk about the film. I'm going to talk about wrestling no not really uh, <laughs> uh, so to i mean the names of our um kind of criteria the hit list and the shit list so the hit list you would obviously consider a film to be a hit for it to go on there so box office wise this film grossed um 113.6 million during the opening weekend 
It did more than the record set by Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014, and it stayed at the top spot for three straight weekends, and it made over $100 million in profit. So it made all its money back, and then it made some. So, you know, when you look at it from that angle, it's actually been a successful film, especially for for, for DC. Um, it brought to the attention of the public kind of lesser-known characters, like, you know, apart from from Batman and uh, Superman, it brought people like Harley Quinn, Deadshot, and all those types of characters into the public eye, which then uh, kind of opened up more revenue streams for DC. If you think about uh, Fancy Dress, I think Harley Quinn was the most, uh, you know, kind of used costume in that year. And all the merchandise and stuff like that that then kind of followed on from from the film and from all like the kind of popular culture that that went from the film. And if you like soundtracks like Now 75 and all that type of thing, then you'll like this film because it's basically just like sticking on a CD and watching a film at the same time. So if you like music, you will like this film. Um uh, Suicide Squad, you know, the actual film, it's a bit of a tribute, I think, to to kind of outsiders. And the characters, I think, are a little bit more lasting than the actual plot because it's really just kind of very swift and there isn't really much downtime in the film. I thought the characters overall were, I don't know, colourful is maybe the right word. Um, it was very kind of formulaic and it was kind of a lot less streamlined than I thought it would be. Um, but there is actually this kind of, uh, when you, when you look at it, the, well, I actually read this online and I thought it was a decent point to be fair. I didn't pick this out myself, but there is a political subplot. So apparently this is all, um, you know, kind of on purpose. It wasn't done, uh, you know, this isn't somebody who's kind of picked this out of the film, but there's a political subplot to it. So prison guards, they abuse, um, their power, you know, the, there's, scenes at the start where they're kind of abusing I think it's Harley Quinn and Deadshot and that type of thing um, and there is that kind of government official I think she's called Viola she kind of brags about her skill in kind of getting people to work for you know kind of for their own self-interest but for the national security of the United States and the kind of message that it puts across is that kind of at worst no more trustworthy than the the superpowered human beings that they fear they are kind of you know well I don't even know what I'm fucking going on about now but I, th- I think you're trying to say that the bad guys are good and the good guys are bad yeah Whoa. so but, w- fuck this film um, <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, I've got bullet points here and I'm uh, literally just kind of scribbled them down and I can't even remember what I'm meant to speak about. (laughs) Can you please read them out? Read out out what you think they say. (laughs) So... Joel? <laughs> <laughs> Literally speechless. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I've written it and I'm like... Go on, just, just please read them out just so I can see, just read so I can out. hear. Okay, well, I'm going to read out the, the, the whole thing yes. that I've put down. So I've put, this socio-political commentary is not entirely out of place in the work of Suicide Squad. Director David Ayer, his filmography is full of crime f- thrillers, which include Cop Drama, End of Watch, Straining Day... Um, and like Suicide Squad, it depicts a world in which the difference between the hardened criminals on the streets and the law enforcement officials who claim to police them is often non-existent. Mm. Um, so, 
Uh, I mean, all in all, I can't really argue with with Gav's points. It is an absolute shit film, and like when you watch it, <laughs> when you when you watch it, you will not enjoy it like at all. I don't think even you know, kind of comic book fans will enjoy it. I think they will actually be offended by it. But you know, like I said, if you think about it, you know. For a film to be success, it's all based on money, really. I mean, for the actors involved, yeah, they would probably prefer that they go down and they get a shitload of respect for the film. They all have good performances and stuff like that. But for DC, like I said, they made over 100 million profit on the film. They then had all the different revenue streams, which I didn't take into account in that 100 million, like all the uh, merchandise and all the kind of spin-off things that come out from that. Um, so, you know, when you look at it like that, you've got to say that it was a success for them. It's not like they've, you know, I always think of that film, was it called like John Carter or something when mm. it had like a massive budget and it didn't even come close to, to making yeah. its money back. That film, obviously, while it was shit, it was also, it didn't take any kind of anywhere near the amount of money that it needed to take. Whereas this film took all the money, it made a big profit and you can't say that it's not, famous it's kind of infamous in a way because it is so shit um and it's a shame that it is so shit but at the same time like i said all things considered this is a hit movie by definition interesting that's that's a mighty fine defense there joel that's uh that's the, yeah I, okay um any rebuttals gav you don't disagree <laughs> with them <laughs> I, I'd, yeah i'd like to swat with the stone cold <laughs> facts <laughs> So, so actually, how much did Suicide Squad gross? Um, in total, I don't have the actual figure, but all I know is the opening weekend and then the $100 million profit overall. Right, so, I mean, you're saying that that's a success. I actually think that DC would be quite gutted by that, to be honest. I mean, this is some of their heaviest hitters. Have you spoke to them on the phone? Yeah, I, honestly, I don't need to speak to them on the phone. I, I've got them on WhatsApp, mate. But I, I, I seriously think, because they had the film and they decided, oh, actually, at the last minute, we'll put the Joker into it, we'll put Batman into it, we'll throw everything that we've got on this so it'll be a commercial success. And it still didn't gross a billion uh, or you know half a billion uh, you know yeah but i think a billion there's only been something like i think it's either 20 or 30 films that have ever reached that mark exactly and when you look at a couple of those films the avengers and the avengers age of ultron have both gone over uh, a billion and a half and you think that those films are essentially the same as the suicide squad i mean that's what marvel's done and that's what dc has tried to replicate and they didn't even get half of that so if anything, I think it's actually quite a failure for them. The fact that they kind well, of I think put... DC would have known that. I think they'd have known, like uh, like you mentioned in your points, the the Avengers and Marvel was already an established brand. When you go and see Avengers, you know, uh, you know Captain Captain America, Iron Man, all those dudes are going to be in that. But Su- Suicide Squad was like you know totally new. And like I said, everybody knows who Harley Quinn is now. Like if you go, you know, like Halloween, I bet even this year thousands of people dress up as Harley Quinn, whereas before Suicide Squad, that wouldn't have been the case. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the film's popular. It just means that, you know, it's a very iconic character that was already established in the cartoon in 1994. No, and like I said, I absolutely agree that the actual film <laughs> is shy, but by definition, <laughs> this but, is still a hit movie. But you've okay. got to take account into people like us who went to go and see it and paid good money to go and watch it and were stung by it and wouldn't go to pay and I see it again. I think you'll find I'm the only one that paid good money because no one else paid me back. <laughs> oh, shit, seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I jo- I, on the way in, I joked with you all. It's like, oh, okay, 
I'll get this one. Uh, you guys can just give me what the film's worth. And true to form, none of you paid me. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, anything, I didn't even know. Let me know. If anything, Dave, I wanted you to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got to, you guys get around too. You can clash heads again in a bit. I've got nothing Alex, else. Alex, nah. uh. make it up or just do Gav's job for him again. <laughs> Alex, I want to ask you a few questions. Gav says that the, uh, the film, the whole film's a mess. He says the plot is paper thin. He says that it's convoluted and yet at the same time it's, it's confusing and it doesn't make sense, but not as in you don't understand the character's motivation, as in the plot genuinely does not make sense. You lose track of what is going on. He says the characters are poorly written. It suffers from comparisons to Marvel. Um, it's got a weak script and is unoriginal even by comparison to itself. Something about Sledgehammer of the dick uh, Joel that says that's a very valid point <laughs> Joel says it's, it actually was a huge uh, box office success it actually turned a very tidy profit and it was actually turned out to be quite good for DC um, he says that some of the characters did have impact they had a good soundtrack but then Joel also said that it's shit um, <laughs> that it's formulaic offensive to comic book fans and you will not enjoy it End quote. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Could you, I mean, I don't know if I need you to. Do I need to, throw, do you, I need to clarify just that for me, you? Just tell me what you thought about Suicide Squad. It's <laughs> fucking shit. Like, it's really, really shit film. Uh, it's, I would, like, I'm not sure if Joel agrees with himself on this one, but, like, I, I, like, I don't go in to see a film and then come out and think, oh, I wonder what the overheads were like. I wonder if it got, you know, I wonder if it grossed really well. I wonder if it, you know, if it, get, 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 you know, had good tax breaks or something like that. I don't really care. I just want to know if it's a good film and if it's enjoyable at the time. And this film was just not enjoyable after the first four minutes. It's, it's rare that I can hate a film so quickly as I hated Suicide Squad. Like... The plot is absolutely nonsensical. The whole bit with Enchantress. You know, I mean, I, th- I feel like we've all gone to see quite a few films. We, you know, I'd say we're fairly average cinema goers, like possibly slightly above average in the sense of we've seen lots and lots and lots of films. Well, now Ozzy's out of the room. Yeah, now Ozzy's out, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Our average has gone up. But I, I actually didn't understand what was going on in a lot of the plot. Like, I had to, we had to talk about it. In fact, we all went for a pint afterwards just to sort of in like shocked kind of silence <laughs> where we were all just explained to ourselves, like, yeah, but what, you know, who's the Enchantress? Like, who is she? And like, wh- who was her brother? And like, why did, it just didn't, the, the plot didn't make any sense. I remember halfway through, you know, in the Suicide Squad fight, finally comes together and that guy who can climb walls comes in you know, that, that, that was hilarious but like when that happened and i was just like where are they where are they going and it turns out they were going into the city and i was like wait is this the final the suicide squad they've just gotten together and then they're just doing one fight everything i thought it would be about you know some fun bandits getting together and doing different jobs it, I, I don't know doing i'm definitely jobs. Oh, yeah, 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 doing different government jobs. I didn't think it would just be one. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But I didn't think it would just be one big job. I, I thought, I don't know, I, I just, my idea of it was much better than what, what, what came out. And I don't normally say that, you know, I honestly, we could all have written this film better. I, I am surprised it took six weeks to write this film. Like, I was shocked when you said that. I don't know how, because there's, there's nothing to it. And it really does feel all the way through, like, you know, when a film's kind of, you know when it's fucked up in production. You know when, like, the, you know, the, the script isn't there. The, you can tell there were just so many rewrites. You can tell the actors don't really understand their own characters. You can tell it's all just gone a bit tits up, basically. And they've tried to salvage something in the editing, and they didn't even manage to do that. So I agree with Gavan Joel in this film. is like, utterly one of the worst films I've seen <laughs> in a really long time. But I would massively disagree with Joel's that, like, just because it's made money makes it hit. I, I think it was almost impossible when you've got all these different characters for it not to make money but it was just 
you know, trading on the goodwill of comic book fans, basically, and it just ripped the floor from underneath them. So, mm. yeah, no, it was, it was a shocking film. I did yeah. like what you said about, you know, that we imagined that we'd see them going off and doing different jobs. Is this essentially community service, giving back to the community, taken to the nth degree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, even that doesn't make sense. They don't really sell why they're getting them together. Uh, there is a bit in it, right? So uh, Amanda Waller sits down in front of all of their bosses and all these big government bigwigs, and they're like, well, why do you want to form this team and how are you going to control them? And she says, oh, this this is the Enchantress. I've got a heart in a box. Oh and God, yeah. then they're like, all right, okay. So she's like, she'll do whatever I want. Then she goes and gets like top secret documents from Tehran. Uh, and just teleports them back to the office just like that. And at no point do the big, you know, the military bigwigs say, oh, actually, you know what? Screw all of your plan. Can we just have this lady here to do all of that again, you know, just several times over? But she doesn't explain that there's like a kind of escape from New York thing going on where they've all got chips in their heads. Oh, my and God, yeah. And if they... You know, disobey her she can just press a button and they like a collar up. they've got on or something no like it's that. like a chip that's that's inserted into their neck which is true to the original cartoon isn't it well not the original cartoon but the original suicide squad material yeah but she doesn't mention that until we see them all getting implanted with the chip at about 38 minutes so she's already had three conversations with government employees where they've said how are you going to control them and she's never said oh i've got a chip in the head so i can just blow them up they probably would have gone oh yeah that's fine and she wouldn't have had to have done this over elaborate thing where she gets the enchantress to go to Tehran to steal these documents it's just oh, it's just so bad it's like it's been written by two different people those bits all, all of it has been like it's been written by seven or eight different people at the same time are we on your second point now by the way I, I honestly think we should just give, <laughs> give, give up the idea of doing, putting it on trial and all just have a go at Suicide Squad in turns I mean uh, Dave included like uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair like the, I wouldn't normally say this but I, when I was kind of you know gathering information for this film like i normally like to kind of get get a few facts and all that type of thing uh, which is where i got the figures from um but you know i did read a few positive reviews of people that actually liked it and i was just reading through the review and i just thought like this guy is obviously you know off his fucking face or something because <laughs> was, he, was he trying to like read into the uh, subtext of ma- it and majorly like you know it, it he didn't really speak about the film. It was just about, yeah. you know, well, this bit means this, this bit means this. Like, there, you know, there, there is some of it, and some of it I can get to grips with. Like, there, there was a part where he said, um, you know, like, but basically at the end, the, the, the woman basically promise, promises all, you know, the Suicide Squad something in return for, you know, kind of doing the work. Like Will Smith, I can't remember what she does. Does she like say he can see his daughter? See his or daughter, something I like think. That. Yeah. Uh, but then at the end, basically, all those promises aren't fulfilled exactly how she says. So they're kind of he's kind of reading into that, saying, you know, this is kind of like a dig at the American, you know, political government oh. and all that type of thing. And I was just like, no, it's not. You know, I mean, it could be, but it's done that fucking terribly that you know. At that point in the film, when you've got towards the end and you've just been had a barrage of just shit. All right, all right. I think Gav, Gav wants Sorry. to say something. Has Gav got a point? No, I was just saying that, you know, like, I've, I've got a second point here that I'm going to uh, go into more detail. I've got I, loads I think, more than I need From to what say. Joel said before, I don't think he's got one to Gav. Take it away. What have you got, mate? <laughs> okay, just okay. Wait, wake me up when it's over. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so I want to talk about the cast and characters. Harley Quinn. Uh, I actually think that Margot Robbie does a good job in this. Uh, I mean, you can, as Joel said, Harley Quinn costumes 
with the biggest selling fancy dress costume of all of last year. I think she's become sort of like mm. a pop culture so icon based, now. Based on her performance? Yeah, but, okay, their performance... Would you say that? No, uh, but I know, I think her performance is good in the face of incredibly poorly written character. So I think she did a good job with a very, very bad hand. Um, when we're first introduced to Quinn, she's dangling semi-naked in a prison cell. She's this over-sexualized depiction of a character, and that just never leaves her. Uh, this long, lingering shots of her arse peppered through this film. She's beaten, she's tortured many times in the film uh, by, as Joel said before, prison guards, by other members of the Suicide Squad, by Joker, and there's no repercussion. There's no sort of like moment where she gets her own back and you're just kind of like well what what was all of that for was, you know that kind of objectification and beating of a woman you know unless she's going to get a big payoff it's, it's just just it, objective like, objectification it, beating of a woman it, then, isn't it, it? it is yeah. it's it's and it's horrible and there's no need for it at all to be honest I mean, there were hints of character growth, but every opportunity the writers just drag her back to being a sexy one-line machine. Uh, when we're shown her ideal life as well, so there's this bit at the end where the Enchantress oh God, uh, yeah. Yeah, hypnotizes oh, all of the Suicide Squad and makes them think about what their ideal life would oh be. God, yeah. Harley Quinn decides that it's like some sort of like 1950s... Yeah. Uh, Suburban wife. Yeah. With, with, with the Joker and they've got a baby and she's wearing an apron, she's cooking and whatever. And it's just, it's just, there is a good, there is a good woman deep inside. Exactly. Her. That's and what it, it is. It just wants a child. It's just like, yeah, that, that's what all women need, isn't it? They just need a good man and a child and, and a kitchen. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, she's, she's a character. She's got, she's got flaws. She's got, you know, she's got some really great things about her. You know, she's just do something with her, you know, don't just lazy, lazy, lazy writing. She just becomes a massive stereotype and it's just, it's just poor. Obviously, it's been written by one, two, or three idiot men who just think, you know, oh, yeah, we'll just put this in as well. Uh, you know, the whole thing, she's she's objectified throughout. There's even a scene where the Joker kind of offers her up as a, as a sex object to, uh, I think it's Common, isn't it? Common comes into the club, and he says, oh, do you want Harley Quinn? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, so she's even being used as, like, a, a bartering chip. It's just ridiculous, and nothing comes of that. It's not like, kind of, she has her, has her, uh, she gets her own back, she has some sort of payback, where she kind of snubs the Joker or anything. It's just, like, kind of, it just happens. Uh, then you've got, oh, man, the, the, the Enchantress slash June Moon, the Carla, uh, well, sorry, what is it? Carla Delavine. I mean, she's a very, very talented model. She's obviously very successful as well, but she is not an actress. She, she's not, she just can't perform and she does a very, very poor job and the script is poor as well. I do feel sorry for her because I feel like she's taken a lot of the blunt, uh, brunt of it. I don't think it's her fault. I, don't, I just don't think that she should have been put in that position because I think this is her debut film. It's a really kind of big uh, film with a big budget and it was just too much and once again, her character is just overly sexualized throughout the entire thing. She's rarely, rarely wearing anything more than like um, a loincloth, essentially. They just have her dancing and like kind of swirling her hips throughout the entire of the like two fight scenes. And then you've got Deadshot. I mean, it's. I think he's. It's played well by Will Smith. I mean, but it's a horrible script again. He does his best. 
it's just it's his character it just doesn't have any motivations they're just unclear throughout the entire of the film he's talking about how he wants to do the best for his daughter and you know it's all about his daughter he wants to do this he wants to get him into university he wants to get a good job but when it comes to the end and the enchantress hypnotizes them all and gives them their vision of a perfect life what does he think about does he think about his daughter and a good job and a good life and a good education no he thinks about punching batman in the face it's just like you know it's this character it's his motivations are just completely unclear he also objectifies harley and he tells rick flag at one point to control his woman and smack her on the ass you know it's just you know it's just just very bad dialogue the joker i mean wow man this is one of the most painful things about it it's just horrible i mean it's always going to be difficult playing the joker following up from heath ledger's performance and obviously you've got great joker performances by jack nicholson and mark hamill as well but fuck me this was a terrible job i don't know whether it was the script or whether a lot of it was left on the cutting room floor or what but man i I don't know i just did not like it it came across as a cross between jim carrey's the riddler and robin williams patch adams you know it was just <laughs> terrible, terrible performance. I, the script, the dialogue, there's a bit in it where he says, uh, he describes Harley as the itch in my groin. I mean, I can't imagine Heath Ledger's Joker ever saying that. It's just ridiculous. And uh, once again, his motivations as a character are completely unclear. Why does he keep on trying to rescue Harley to put her in danger again? Blah, blah, blah. It's just, and then and then when you read into a bit about what Jared Leto was doing, you know, he's a very sort of... Oh, he's method actor. He's a very method actor, isn't he? And he was sending kind of dead rats and used condoms to members of the cast just I, I to kind of stay those two things together oh but yeah i mean like that you know when you read that you're just like fucking hell mate just act would you you know what i mean it can't be that hard i mean i know that heath ledger had a very immersive experience as the joker and i know that he kept a, a diary and he kind of locked himself in a, a hotel room to kind of be at one with the character and there's questions whether or not that actually led to his his death but the fact is, is he wasn't sending used condoms to the cast. You know what I mean? There's, there's kind of there's a right way of doing it, maybe, and there's a wrong way of doing it. And I don't think either of those should really have the word "used condom" in it all. No, I think you can base it on the actual performance that comes away from it. If Heath Ledger needed to do that to come out with that performance, fair play. But if Jared Leto did it and then came out with that performance, Jesus Christ, like. Don't send any more condoms. I, I, I can't really be asked. Oh, sorry, Dave. Are you gonna? I was just about to say, if it, does Joel have? Anything about what have you got more to I, do? I, I, do, I, I, do, I can't be asked given a, a breakdown of all the characters, but also <laughs> I, I would just like to say that I do th- I think it's actually quite very horribly stereotypical throughout this film i mean this is the first glimpse of a kind of latin american superhero or anti-hero and he's this gang banger with a history of domestic violence he's a massive stereotype throughout the entire film and then you've got uh, killer croc uh, no sort of backstory at all don't give him any sort of like why what are his motivations no character development no character growth and every time that he is on the screen he's just like a stereotype of a black man and it's just like it's it's unbelievably poorly written and it just didn't need to be in there there's a bit where um, we're talking about character demands and his only demand is that he has access to black entertainment television you know BET and it's just it's it's just very cringy and it just didn't need to be in there the script was just terrible and the performances were terrible it was just a bad film I just didn't want to watch it again alright 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 have a brownie and settle down I will have a brownie <laughs> uh, Joel do you want to counter any or oh, oh, fuck it you just want to agree with him 
Um, I mean, there's not much I can say, to be fair. Um, I would probably rather watch Super Mario than Super uh, than, yeah. than Suicide Squad again. But, you know, in the kind of defense of some of Gav's points, I think a lot of the characters are that way because they are like that in the comics. I know Harley Quinn was very over-sexualized, but she is kind of like that in, in the comics and in, you know, pr- pretty much... Uh, the games and all that type of thing as well. I know there was a lot of, uh, you know, kind of other stuff that goes along with that as well, which wasn't great. But uh, again, like El Diablo, he he is like a gang banger. He's like an ex, uh, you know, gang person, and that that that's just what he is. <laughs> um, but the characters for me were really disappointing. I mean, I, I'm not a DC fan. I was never majorly into DC. I mean, I, I like Batman when I was a kid, but I think most kids do, and, and Superman. So this film. I was excited about it, but you know, the seeing the characters as they were, you know, it didn't really want to make me go and you know, if there's a Suicide Squad two, I don't think I would, based on the characters there, want to watch it. And one thing that I really was disappointed in was the Joker. I mean, as soon as I saw an image of of Jared Leto's Joker, for me, it just wasn't the Joker. And no. I mean, I don't don't know how everybody else envisages him but they i felt like they kind of tried to go with this modern twist like they made him into almost a gangster whereas i suppose yeah. he, he does have that side to him but you know he i think they kind of tried to make him almost less like a, a super villain and more like a like a human who's just kind of a, you know a little bit deranged yeah. with the metal teeth and green hair and that type of thing and sending used condoms to everybody is just like uh, i would i'd walk past and put it in his soup or something. (laughs) (laughs) You would do that as well. Um, But but yeah, I mean, like I say, what can I say? I mean, Mm. it it, it is probably, when I think of the worst films that I've ever seen, Suicide Squad (laughs) is one that comes to mind straight away. And there aren't that many for me that that would come to mind straight away. Probably some of the Aliens versus Predator films and mm. Suicide Squad. I would literally couple them together. And I know I'm going to be defending this film, but literally <laughs> I know, ev- I know. Ev- everything that I've said. Say. I know. Like I honestly sat there for a good you know hour, two hours today, <laughs> and and I just thought. Should I just tell them I'm busy or something? I just not, <laughs> not, not we'll do it with it. They'll let them do it without me. Yeah, um, and yeah. So I mean, that, that's a, that's all I've got to say. The, the defense press. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd love to see an actual trial where the defense just thought, oh, "Fuck it, he's guilty." Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. he's done uh, it. Alex, you got anything you want to add to characters? Just quickly, you know. Yeah, no. I mean, revolver uh, take uh, aim fire. <laughs> <laughs> not not a whole lot more than what Gav said. Really, just you know, I'd throw in a few more swear words and bile. I suppose. I I I I I, I thought the it's it's very rare that I can watch Will Smith in things and really not like him. Like I actively didn't like Will Smith in this, and I didn't think that was possible. I just any film he's in, even like Wow Wow West, was very shit. But I kind of liked Will Smith in it. You know, he's a very likable actor. I thought he was horrible in this. I thought every character was kind of horrible, and um, not not in kind of like a, an interesting way either. Just kind of like a, oh, that's just ugh. that kind of gritty DC without any point. You know characters doing horrible things like the um the fbi woman at one point just shoots her assistants you know and she goes they they knew too much or something like that and it's just like you know when you're just watching it like nah there was no point in doing that you just wanted to get the audience to sit up a bit straighter at one you know you just wanted to shock you wanted to do stuff and for no real reason 
it, it just it, it just baffles me how much I hate this film. Like I, I even <laughs> I've tried to kind of repress it and thinking about it now, I, I, I kind of go and want to go and watch another good film right now to kind of cleanse my mind a little you bit. Try Hateful Eight. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> just watch the trio life again. Uh, yeah, I watch that. Watch that again. Um, yeah, uh, and and also just just to reiterate how awful i thought that scene was i couldn't believe my eyes when it's harley quinn seeing what she want always wanted and it was that i know gav said it but i just need to be reiterated again when it's that 1950s dream of the joker coming home and being the, the breadwinner and she's looking after the kids i i, I you know when you're waiting for the scene and it's like there's, there's got to be a twist to this like they can't just be that and and it was just that i, I just thought this this script is this has been scripted by an eight-year-old it, to be honest i read a lot of seven-year-old and eight-year-old stories and that's ex- that he a is lot- a teacher by the way sorry yeah to, to yeah. put that in context a teacher. i do i do teach them to write the stories and like i'd, I'd say a vast majority are better than the, than suicide squad's plot but also it kind of does read like you know a child going like and then this happened and then another helicopter fell down and then they were on a helicopter but then what yeah crashed again and but you know and then and then it's a you know it, 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 that's how it that's how it felt watching it it was like reading a terrible story by a, by a right. six-year-old okay okay does, does anyone want to do closing arguments you know, a... I, I i just need to get a few more nails in the coffin to be honest okay you got a minute okay. a minute starting now okay a horribly <laughs> poor attempt to play catch up with the mcu results in a slapdash and disjointed film that spends almost half of its running time introducing all of its characters these characters are incredibly poorly written with little to no development the majority of the performances are weak or are perceived to be due to bad writing the action is almost non-existent and what's there is just horribly filmed and unoriginal the dialogue is atrocious and the general script is a convoluted misogynistic racist and un original film and the whole film basically feels like a very very long terribly directed advert for a very bloated soundtrack uh, I, I, I think this is the first time i've ever finished before but i just I, i'm exhausted now so play the gong 20 seconds to spare well done gav okay uh joel would you like to do a closing or argument do you just want to uh, see the gong yeah away? may as well okay um okay if you ever hear like a kind of jungle drums coming from your attic and there's a game called Jumanji in there. Uh, just don't play it. And, uh, you know, don't watch this film as well. <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. Right, well... Left field, Joel. Uh, <laughs> didn't see it coming, I really enjoyed that. Thank those you. Are some, those are some fine arguments, gentlemen. I've got a lot to consider. Um, I mean, God, this is going to be a tough one, this really is. So uh, I'm going to take a minute to muse over my notes, have a think. And I'll, uh, I'll leave I mean, you the dulcet it, tones of Gav. It would show how pissed off you are about after last week. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you now chose to put it to go, go the other way, but I'll, I'll be well. interested to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this, I've got a quiz for you here, guys. Uh, I haven't got a song. I might just make one up here. Oh, my squad, I can't believe it. I've never been this far away from... I don't know, something like that. Anyway, uh, what I want you guys to do is separate the difference between the cinematic squads and the cinematic foursomes in a quiz I like to call Squad or Quad. Okay. Lovely. You like yeah, that, yeah? I do. Okay, right. So, uh, so example, um, Blazing Blank would be... Squad. Yeah. Just out of interest, do you come up with the rhyme and then work it back to do the quiz? 
Sometimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, yes. <laughs> Sorry. That, that was headless or bedless. That was definitely... <laughs> yeah, that started well. that, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think my favourite one was Downton Abbey, Chesty Stabby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So uh, the first one is the Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants, Squad or Quad? Squad. Quad. Squad. Okay, it's a quad. Well done, Dave. There's only four of them. Number two, uh, from Clockwork Orange, the Droogs. Squad or quad? Quad. 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 Yeah, yeah, you're all right. That was a bit too easy, maybe. I should have had that one as the first one. Okay, number three, the Frat Pack from Old School. Squad or quad? Squad. 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 No idea. Yeah, it's squads, and there's only three of them. Uh, number four, the band members from Josie and the Pussycats. Squad or quad? Quad. Quad. Squad. It's a squad. Well done, Alex. Hey. There's only three of them again. Here, here we go, right? Number five, the Soggy Bottom Boys from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Squad or quad, Dave? Squad. Yeah, it's three, isn't it? Squad. Squad. Oh, it's a quad. You're hey. forgetting about the guitarist. Oh, oh, sure. Well done. Robert Johnson, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have that. Shove that in your pipe, Dave. <laughs> oh, oh, you haven't come up with a verdict yet, have you? I mean, unmerciful <laughs> judge. Uh, number six, the appliances from Brave Little Toaster. Squad or quad? Squad. Squad. Uh, squad, just because Dave said it so quick. Dave, can you name them all? Can you sound I'm so confident? Trying, I'm just trying to get on with it. I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, squad. Yeah, it's a squad. One of them is a toaster, I'll tell you that much. Uh, number seven, Sex Bob Om from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Squad or quad? Quad. Quad. Squad. Quad. <laughs> God, God, but, but there's usually like some banter in between this as well but, but just, everyone's just so exhausted by slating off uh, just by thinking about Suicide Squad is kind of taking it out of me and finally number 8 the City Slickers from the film City Slickers Squad 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 yeah, squad, there was only three of them. <laughs> but that was the worst quiz I've ever fucking done. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're well, welcome. You know what? Yeah, goes, next, goes well with the theme of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think after doing Tree of Life and then Suicide Squad, I'm not sure I'd listen to this podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about coming back, to be honest with you. I'm not so sure. Yeah, please, please listen. Next up, we've got a good one, I think. I can't remember. I don't but, think we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, got, it's got to be better than Suicide Squad, hasn't it? Surely. <laughs> It's Alien versus Predator 2. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring this to a close. All right, I've got a lot to consider here, uh, mostly the fact that the defense turned on its client and basically slagged the film off almost to the point of the prosecution. It's it's going on the shit list. There's no coming back. No. Yeah. Dave, yeah. what made you think that? <laughs> um, well, I just, I'm not that bitter about true life when it all comes <laughs> down to it, so I'll let you have this one. <laughs> Sorry, that was delayed. That was the uh, yeah. I I, I I I think this is the shittest film on the shit list. Yeah, I think if we're going to rank the films on the shit list, this would be holding everything but like, up. But like, it's quite a steep drop from that. I'd, I'd say that this goes right plummets to the bottom of a shit list. I can't think of anything we put on share. Yeah, I mean, even honestly, He-Man and stuff like that. Yeah, He-Man and Super Mario. I would watch I'd definitely, Suicide definitely. Squad I'd watch both of those films back to back four times because they don't make me want to. Like have a bath afterwards. No, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I like. I know exactly what you mean. I want to have a bath just after thinking about it. Yeah. I, it I think all you guys have been quite honest about what you think. I've got to say, personally, looking back on it, I actually quite hated it. <laughs> I, was gonna I, say. I remember despising that film. I really do. It, I mean, yeah, it was not pleasant. Do you remember we came out and it was just like. Kind of a shock, shock, silence. No one really knew where to start. Just kind of like, like laughing, but not knowing yeah, why but, you're laughing, and then going and then, and, and then like <laughs> that, that. That was shit. But it was it was kind of hard. It took us quite a few pints to kind of get a grip of how 
really bad that film was. I basically, I don't remember leaving the cinema. I only remember sitting down with a pint and just the mist clearing. Yeah. And then we started yeah. talking about it. I know. I was just looking if it has any records and it is the best film ever to come out in the month of August. Well, in terms of grossing figures. Grossing anyway. figures. I mean, that just tells you. As much as Joel made a point about how much money it made, and I'm sure it did, I feel we were tricked. Yes. I know I know. I said this last week about the studios tricking us to watch their films. This one, this was a genuine trick. They marketed this to hell, and it, it just, the, what they put out there, they knew they would make their money, regardless of what the content of the film was. I know. They, I probably won't watch characters. another DC film at the cinema. Ever. I would yeah. be wary of watching another DC. And from what Gav was saying about the, the, the sexism element, he's absolutely right. I know me and Gav sometimes disagree on these points. In this instance, I think oh, you're Jesus. absolutely right yeah, about and it. And what really annoyed me is this undid all the good work that Wonder Woman had done just a few months previous. No, Wonder Woman... Oh, hang on. Wonder Woman came before? out... No, Wonder Woman came out afterwards, yeah. which is when you think about it, you're like kind of, well... Pulled got, it back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you look at Wonder Woman and you compare that to Harley Quinn and they are miles and miles apart the way they're depicted, the dialogue that they've got, the things that they have to do. It is honestly... Like, I, I can't believe that this is from the same studio. Yeah, it's un- unbelievable, to be honest. I, I just hated every single second of it. Uh, but it just goes to show how much in panic mode they are that they're trying to get the rock shoehorned into the sequel of Suicide Squad just so people will come and watch it. Please. Well, but it'll work. If anyone can save it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think even that might be a task too far for the rock. Anyway, so before we wrap this up, uh, higher or lower than Tree of Life Dave? Um, <laughs> be honest, Dave. In all honesty, I think it's got... What did Tree of Life score? Like 6.9 or something? 6.8. 6.8. Um, I'm going to hope lower. Okay, Joel? I'm going to go for 5.3. 5.6. Bruce? Okay, uh, 6.1. Shit. Oh, okay. no, not too far. And uh, before we uh, call this meeting adjourned, uh, I think it's time for a caption contest. So what I've done is I've taken a screenshot from the film, and it is the scene where Joker is offering up uh, Harley as a sort of token to Common, and he's leaning over to Common, and he's, it looks like he's pleading with him. Uh, so we've got a few here. Uh, we've got uh, number one, uh, please take Harley shopping. I need a break. Number two, tell me I deserve an Oscar. Uh, number three, Jared Leto begging the editor not to cut 95% of his work on the Suicide Squad movie. And the last one here is from Joel. <laughs> in response to how much we've been devouring these brownies that have been placed in front of us. Uh, and he said, just one more brownie, just one more hit. <laughs> so, as funny as it is, I'm not, if I didn't give Joel Suicide Squad, I'm not giving him the caption. <laughs> You're not getting a fan. I, I feel like Joel deserves it for taking up. Like, I mean, he, we gave him Suicide Squad to defend and he, you know, he didn't complain for too long. We can just let him have a Freddo. Give we him a Freddo. Give, we don't yeah. need to let him win the caption contest. That's true. Okay. Um, so who, who wins? I'd have still made you post it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Editing one. Yeah, okay. So well done, Craig Harris. You've won yourself a Freddo. I'm almost expecting some sort of applause there from you guys. But you know what? No, no screw off. It's been too late. Doing it. Okay, uh, so uh, the next film has been drawn and it is... Oh, man. Uh, out of the frying pan into the fire. Maybe not. It is Watchmen. <laughs> Jesus, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. What am I doing? 
<laughs> so, I, I up defence now. <laughs> in the role of defence, sorry, it's Dave. In, I'm all right with that. It, uh, good film. Good in film. the role of prosecution, Joel, you've got a chance to win it back. In the role of uh, character witness, we've got Brucey. And in the role of judge, we've got... <laughs> we show his judge. <laughs> <laughs> we've got me. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that one, to be honest, guys. Uh, and uh, just before we, we say goodbye, just want to say thank you very much for everyone who has listened or struggled to get through this episode anyway, if you, if you take Joel's word for we've it. Been with you. Uh, but I just want to say thank you very much. If you want to catch any of our previous things or listen to any of our future episodes, you can get them on iTunes, Films on Trial, or on our website, filmsontrial.co.uk. Also, check us out on Twitter, I just forgot what it was then, at Film Trials, where you can actually tell us a film that you want to be put in the hat. We've actually had a couple last night I forgot to tell you about, guys. Uh, so please check us out on Twitter. While you're there, why don't you check out our graphic designer and our music producer at the underscore quirks, Winston Sang, and at Aussie Ray, Austin Ray. And why not check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, Films on Trial. So... The Suicide Squad is on the shit list, probably for the best, and we will be in your ears next week with Watchmen, so goodbye!